0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Oh she, my life is a good life. Oh she, oh my life is good. Say la, say la, my way is he. Goppa International Choir welcoming you this morning with
0: Arne Batson. That was our choir dancing.
1: We stand it on solid ground. And
0: welcome, welcome, welcome to Warrior Woman Radio. Welcome to our new listeners, both online and via the phone. If you want to listen via on the uh, phone. You can call in to 657-383-1581. If you're listening online, we welcome you, welcome you, welcome you. I am your host, Khadija Ali, and you can find us here every Monday. I was going to say every other Monday, but every Monday, Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And tonight we have a very, very special guest. And I'm going to read her bio. Miko Harris is a licensed licensed psychologist, associate professor, community advocate, and mentor in Los Angeles, California. In her professional work, Dr. Harris focuses on health and wellness and has a particular interest in providing therapy targeting grief and loss. On a personal note, she experienced the death of her beloved mother in December 2012, only 30 days after her mother's diagnosis with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Since then, Dr. Harris has made it her mission to share her grief journey, educate the community about grief and loss, and inspire others traveling down this challenging and sometimes dark emotional road. Her memoir, Relaxing Into the Pain My Journey Into Grief and Beyond, charts Dr. Harris' own journey through the grief process and will be released in late summer 2015. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor and my pleasure to introduce to you
2: this evening Dr. Miko Harris. Dr. Harris, can you hear me? Are you there? I am here, Khadijah. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I am thrilled to be able to be on your show tonight and just appreciate your willingness to let me share. Oh, you are
0: most welcome. And I am honored for you to be here. I think what we are going to talk about tonight and what we are going to tackle is something that is very important, I think a lot of times the grief process is largely misunderstood by many people. Um, This is my personal opinion. I think in our culture, in the American culture, a lot of times we avoid death and we are desensitized to the death and the death process. So I, I wanted to get into a little bit about who you are first, and, you know, tell us about your journey and what made you um, want to
2: pursue this. So my kind of introduction into the grief and loss arena actually started probably about a decade ago. Um, I'm originally from mm-hmm. Texas, and so I had the opportunity to interact with uh, children diagnosed with cancer. And as part of mm-hmm. my clinical work there, um, I had the I will say the privilege of being able to be with the children and families as uh, children died. And what was interesting for me at that time was that it wasn't evoking any sort of um, strange response. I actually felt calm, very calm and very peaceful in those interactions. So I didn't know that was going to be kind of my specialty area, but it continued to show up over the course of my work. So when I moved to L.A., um I had some similar experiences and there was something about just those moments of being able to sit with families and offer something that a lot of folks really struggle to offer which that was addressing the death and dying process I just knew that this was something that um was part of my calling. So when my mom died in 2012 this just really added fuel to an area that I already knew uh, resonated um and so since then i've really made it my purpose to educate people about grief, help support those who are journeying through that process and really being um a listening ear to those who really need it most.
0: And you know, this is such uh this is something that's so very near and dear to my heart because i lost my husband in August of 2007. Mm. And prior to that, I had had no real-life experience with death, and especially Mm -hmm. with someone close in my life like that. I mean, someone that I literally lay next to was gone. Mm -hmm. And I had never experienced grief on that level because, for me, it was on a soul level, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there, there are some things that you go through physically that I've never oh, yeah. experienced before, yeah. but there's something that happens in your soul, mm-hmm. and you know, I. It, first of all, the seven stages of grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you talk? To, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because, you know, every book that I read, mm-hmm. you know, especially the books by Elizabeth kugler Ross. Yes. Uh, I think she was the person who brought that there were these stages of grief to the, to the mm-hmm. forefront and and I think it was important work that she did but how she presents it it's not a linear thing that you experience with grief yeah. um yeah. it it's all over the charts for lack mm-hmm. of a better expression mm-hmm. um so can you talk a little bit about that because you you both have the you have both the clinical uh mm-hmm. education behind it but you also have the ex- Experience of yeah. losing your mother,
2: yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate you bringing up um, Dr. Elizabeth Kubler Ross. You know, she was a well-known psychiatrist, and she was really inspired in in one of her books on death and dying um, mm-hmm. to talk about these stages of grief. Interestingly, a lot of people don't know that the stages she identified were actually related to the to the patient to the terminally ill patient. Not right. the survivor of the person who died, so that's something um right there, like we in the general public, we tend to think of it as um related to anyone, but she was actually targeting yeah. the patient him or herself the patient. right, yeah, so then you mentioned that's these a stages. great point, yeah, no, and I think it really mm-hmm. makes a difference because I think she was looking at it from the caring for the patient and their mm-hmm. experience of denial and anger and all of these you know, stages that she identifies, but the reality is for the survivor, that process looks very different. Um, So you Mm -hmm. kind of alluded to this linear process. And throughout these stages, you know, any sort of clinical training or things that you hear out in the public is you've got to start with stage one. Then you've got to progress Mm to stage two to three, four, five. And the reality is I, too, was like you, my grief Mm -hmm. process really started with acceptance, which according to mm-hmm. Elizabeth kubler um stage model, that's the final step. Right. So I think what this brings up is the reality that grief is extremely unique and it's extremely mm-hmm. variable depending on the person. Um, now, I will say that later on, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross recognized that these stages really are not necessarily in a progressive way, in a linear way. Um, So we have to, you know, acknowledge that about her work. Um, In the community, I think folks feel that you still do have to go from one through seven. And when you get to that final stage, you're done. And you Mm -hmm. know that not to be true. I know that not to be true, not only as a professional, but personally. Yes,
0: yes. So, um, tell us a little bit about your book that you that you uh, have coming out, um, "Relaxing into the Pain," which is a very
2: uh, thought provoking uh, title.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yes. So, the title of my book is uh, my memoir, "Relaxing into the Pain: yes. My Journey into Grief and Beyond." And let me talk to you a little bit about uh, where that title was derived from. So mm-hmm. after my mom's death, um, I realized uh, my brother had a keen insight and realized I needed to be involved in grief counseling as well as my dad. And so I decided to pursue that. You know, being a psychologist, was very open to being a, a therapy recipient myself. So as I started mm-hmm. the grief process, um, I sat down with this very beautiful and very just insightful therapist. And probably about six months into my grief process, she asked me a really interesting question. And the question was, Mikkel, because I was really wrestling with um, just embracing where I was. My from, my mom's from her diagnosis to her death was thirty days, so there really was not wow. a lot of time.
0: Not to, a lot of time at all.
2: No, to, to adjust to her diagnosis, and then she quickly <laughs> transferred to hospice, and then a couple of weeks after that, she had died. And so after that, um, that was in Texas, when I came back to California, which is where I reside, I was back to the grind, working, you know, Monday through Friday, and doing all the things that I typically do, and so my therapist looked at, she sat across the room from me, and she said, Mikel, what would it look like if you simply relaxed into the pain, Mm -hmm. instead of fighting the pain, which I I was Mm -hmm. doing, and... Mm -hmm. Something really clicked in that moment of, gosh, what would that look like? Instead of fighting grief, which you can't, there's no way that you can control it. There's no way that you can predict it. Uh, What would it look like to simply relax into those moments? And she gave this perfect analogy of if you were in a medical office and you were going in to get a shot, you know, medicine, one of the worst things that you can do is actually clench up and and tighten up your yes. muscles. The yes. best thing to do in order for the that needle not to hurt, that shot not to hurt, is to relax. And so you have this doctor mm-hmm. saying, Take a deep breath, inhale, exhale and on the exhale is actually when they administer the shot. Right. right? And as I thought about that it was really life changing that in or I knew in that moment that in order for me to be able to experience, um the the darkest the roughest um, just the most challenging part of my life up to this point I was going to have to relax into it and let go of the control that I thought I had um, and fully surrender to whatever each moment brought so it was very revolutionary.
0: Yeah, you know, you're talking and it's reminding me of a a friend of mine who actually wrote a book a couple of years before my husband died. Mm -hmm. And um, she named her book Remember to Breathe because she had experienced the loss of her child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this was before my husband passed away and I thought, like, that's strange to me, like, remember to breathe. And it wasn't until... um, My husband, you know, did pass away. That there were moments, there were days where, literally, I would have to say that—that's all I could do is just Mm -hmm. breathe, Mm -hmm. or or just, like you said, surrender to it. You know, relax into the pain because, for me, I found the more I fought it, the worse it would eventually be.
2: Yeah. And yeah, I think you know, mm -hmm. it's really counterintuitive. Because yes. you know, in our society, as we're faced with challenges, you know, our first instinct is to, um, you know, shut it away or avoid it or not really yes. address it head on. But I kept finding myself in situations where I could not run from it. I would, I would literally yes. be standing in front of my class teaching a lecture, and all of a sudden, yep. this wave of grief, and it sometimes it completely. It doesn't. It
0: doesn't announce it to itself. It doesn't announce itself. No, it doesn't.
2: <laughs> and I would be overwhelmed, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the tears would be welling up, and I would it'd be. I would be forced to confront grief head on in that moment. And what I learned to do, and have learned to do as I've gone on through this journey, is simply allow it to happen. And which I've realized has really opened me up, not only to discovering different parts about myself, but to realizing how much support is actually all around me. Whereas before, I think when we try to save face and not really confront the issue, we actually prevent support from occurring, which is what we desperately need in those moments. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, go ahead, please. please. Yeah,
2: no, I was just going to add that... um, one of the things that was really important to me with my memoir was um, the book is written from a Christian perspective, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I wanted to really share is that although a person may be a person of faith, that doesn't mean that they are not going to experience the depths of sorrow and the depths of pain and the yeah. physical all the physical challenges that come along with um, grief moisture. Um, yeah, it's two and a half years since my mom died, and up until about six months ago, I was waking up at the exact time of her death. So we're talking
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, almost two years of waking up at the same time, losing sleep, physical sensations, headaches, a lot of things that mm-hmm. I had not experienced before. So one of the things that was really important to me with my memoir, and is important, is that I really shared all of the aspects of grief. Not just the emotional piece, right? Not just the physical piece, but the spiritual ups and downs, um, as as well as everything else, to really capture the fullness of what grief brings.
0: Amazing, amazing! This has been eye opening, and I'm so glad that you have um, you're on the show talking about this because, like I said in the beginning, a lot of people do not understand, and I think it's important to. Uh, inform the community and let people know just how um, the different ways that it can present itself, right? Because like you said, it's not just a mental thing. Like it can present physically because for me it was dizziness, it was panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and you know i would rush to the emergency room like oh my god something's wrong and they would do every test imaginable and they'd be like there's nothing wrong and i'm like well this is real to me
2: and
0: what i found over the over time and just reading and searching the internet and just really what helped me was i found a board for widows and widowers mm-hmm. and they were all going through the same thing. Oh, my God, I had an anxiety attack. Oh, I can't Mm -hmm. sleep. And I was like, oh, it's normal. You know, it was like, you know, when I discovered that it was normal, that that there was thousands of people out there going through the same thing that I was going through, then I was like, ah, the light bulb went on. Well,
2: and I think you you bring up a really important point about connection and community. And,
1: mm-hmm. you know, one
2: of the things that it, before my mom died, I would sit with families who would say after their child died that the support they received around the time yeah. of death was definitely there, you know, weeks, months after it was it was still in place. But in the, the near, you know, the distant future, a lot of the yeah. families weren't really receiving the support that they needed. Um, yeah. Partly because their friends didn't want to bring up the deceased child. For fear of making the family upset and then the family ended up feeling very isolated
0: so, yeah.
2: very alienated and I can say personally that it was the same thing that after a while you start to feel well I don't want to be the person who's bringing up my mom because then that makes everyone else sad no uncomfortable. one wanted to bring it up to me mm-hmm. and uncomfortable yeah no one wanted to mm-hmm. bring it up to me because they thought that it, it might make me sad so the reality is right. You know, she wasn't able to be really honored and memorialized, and then I was feeling isolated. So it was so beautiful right. to be able to connect with other people, to hear, I'm not sleeping either. I'm also mm-hmm. having physical sensations and memories and, you know, a lot of things going on. It's very, very needed um, during my journey. Right.
0: hmm this is this is fantastic. I I am so appreciative of you being on the show because it's it's. I'm actually in the middle of writing of two books. One of the books is with two other widows, and we're and we're writing about our experience. And the name of our book is called the Unwelcome Committee, because uh you know, it's not something that we wanted to. Be, it's not a committee we wanted to be on. And then you know once it happened, um you know we we a lot of us experience that same thing of of people not wanting to bring up our husbands and you mm-hmm. know people go back to life you know life goes on and for you the person who still has all this grief and the guilt and all the emotions that come with that you're mm-hmm. still left with that and you have to figure out how to live this new life you know
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so I'm glad that we are talking about all of the different things that can happen um, when well, something I, like this happens. Mm-hmm. I woke
2: up today and I thought, "Gosh, I'm, I'm actually really thankful that we're doing it today on Memorial Day." Mm, right. So <laughs> I, I was thinking, yeah, it was. We didn't plan this on this day. Right. I didn't even think about that. I woke up and I said, "This is a perfect day" because I thought about mm-hmm. all of these, um, you know, military folks who've lost their lives through sacrifice. Yeah. Yet beyond their death are families who are still left to cope with the loss of these individuals. And so, you know, what do we do with that? Um, and to realize that grief is not just an individual experience. It's a family issue. It's a community-wide absolutely. issue. And so absolutely. This, this is one of the reasons that um, I yeah. just feel like it's absolutely important for us to be talking about it because it's something we will mm-hmm. all face and it's yes. something that affects our community as a whole.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? Now there's so much I want to get into, but first I want to, if anyone has any questions, please call in. The number is 657-383-1581 if you have any questions for Dr. Harris or if you have a comment. I'm opening up all of the lines. So if anyone has a comment or question, you can feel free to jump in if you if you so choose. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Because I know we have a few people listening online and on, on the phone. Okay. okay. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> listening, which is great, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um I I I need you to come back to the show. Thirty minutes <laughs> okay. is not enough time for us I to know. really delve into this. Um, you mentioned that your book is coming out later this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Later this summer, actually. In a, in a later few this
0: summer. Actually.
2: Yes. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes. So
0: we will have to have you come back and talk to us more because I, for me, it's, it's a personal thing, I don't think it's talked about enough. hmm And I, I would love to invite you back to the show to come in and, and so we can really delve into some things about um, – how people can start to deal with it and how they can support mm-hmm. you know, their loved ones. Because a lot of yeah. times I think the ignorance comes from they just don't know how. They don't know what to do. You know?
2: Well I will and, I will share mm-hmm. I will share a quick nugget and just a few moments sure. that we have is I sure. think one of the best one of the best ways to support someone who is grieving is mm-hmm. to invite your listening ear. Often I think that um, supporters will want to fix the emotional pain because it's uncomfortable, not only for the person grieving, but for the person listening to the the bereaved person. But I think to offer a listening ear is so powerful and asking the right questions. For example, how can I best support you? So then it it becomes not about how you think they need to be supported, but really hearing from the horse's mouth, how can I support you? And letting yes. that person tell you what it is that they really need. Um, you know, I had I had friends who um, thought that support was not calling and not providing. You know, because they didn't right. want to bring up my mom, they thought, you know, that will make me feel sad. When the reality was, I was sad anyway, and the phone <laughs> call would have been welcomed. So right. being able to have those conversations about what the person needs is so powerful. Uh, so just being able to Absolutely. invite that.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. And so before we go, I want you to share with the audience, you know, how they can get in touch with you, your website, or do you have a Facebook fan page? You know, share
2: with us how we can keep in contact with you. Okay. One of my roles, in addition to being a psychologist, is a professor. So I work at the Chicago School of Professional Psychology in Los Angeles. So if you want to uh, reach me and really focus or have questions around kind of Understanding the, the grief process and more of the educational part of grief, you can reach mm-hmm. me at Mikel Harris at thechicagoschool.edu. If you want to talk more about you know me speaking or getting more information in a general sense, you can contact me at my other email, which is com. I am also I do have a web page, which is com. And I'm also on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle, handle is Dr. Mikel. And finally, by phone, my direct number is 213-615-7257. I would love to be able to entertain any conversations related to this because I think it's so important for us to keep the word alive about grief, loss, and how we can support those in our community.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and I want to thank you again for coming on the show, sharing with us your journey, sharing with us your expertise, and like I said, especially when your book comes out, please, please, please come back to our show.
2: I will. Thank you so much for that invitation. Um, So appreciated. You're most Um, welcome. I Like I said, my biggest heart's desire in this point in life is to be able to help people along this journey so that they do not feel alone.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Dr. Harris. And this is going to conclude our show today. Uh, Please join us on um, June 1st. We're going to have uh, Danya Lewis. She is a wealth and uh, money coach. She will be on our show next week. And with that being said, we will see you next week, and you all have a wonderful work week. Thank you.
1: I'll say, I'll say, my life is a good life. I'll say, I'll say, my life is good.